Luke chapter number 15, and uh, we'll begin reading in verse number uh, 11. I want, to, I want to preach from this text on the prodigal son and divine mathematics. The prodigal son and divine mathematics. I realize that God is a God of mathematics. He said he measured out the seas. He measured out the mountains. He's a God of mathematics. And if we make it in this Christian walk, we're going to have to make it on divine mathematics. Uh, I thought about uh, Noah. And boy, how he needed those divine mathematics to get him through the flood. God gave him the measurements for that ark. And then told him how many clean animals to take on and how many unclean animals. Give him 100 years, to 120 years to do all of that. And then when it was all said and done, there was eight people that were saved. A lot of folks would think that doesn't add up. But out of eight folks being saved from the flood, you and I are here. Thank God. Aren't you glad of that? Have you ever been able to thank God for Noah and how he was delivered from the flood and how important it is? If you like fried chicken, you better thank God for Noah getting delivered from the flood. And chickens is on that ark. No, no, no deliverance, no chicken. That's right. And I know he wouldn't have been accounted as somebody that was successful. I mean, he pastored the Ark Baptist Church 120 years, and eight people got saved. <laughs> Looks like he'd had some kind of special program. You know, like uh, petting giraffes or riding the elephants for anybody that'll come on the Ark. He didn't even have a program. That's, that's pretty sad, ain't it? And didn't build a junior ark. Looks like he could have done that. You know, big ark for the big ones and junior ark for the kids. But uh, all he had was God's divine mathematics uh, to make it through the flood. But boy, did he make it. Abraham needed divine mathematics to become the father of many nations. How do you take one old man, one old woman, and have the seed as children, as many as the stars of the heavens and the sands of the sea? That's going to take divine mathematics. I thought about how the disciples needed divine mathematics to feed the multitude. They couldn't figure that out. But God figured it out. It's not human thinking. This is God's arithmetic. I thought about how Gideon, with just 300, fought the Midianites. Doesn't seem like that could happen and that he could win unless you're using divine mathematics. And then I thought about this prodigal son and how it took divine mathematics for him finally to make it home. We're going to notice that. Let's begin reading in verse number 11. A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, 
Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Now, I'll let you see if you can find those four principles of math that are in this text. I just gave you one. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land and he began to be in want. And when he went and joined himself to the citizen of that country... And he sent him into the fields to feed swine, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. When he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's house have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger. I'll arise and go to my father and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servant, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him. Put a ring on his hands and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat, drink, and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Did you notice in the text the mathematics that are there and the arithmetic? The four same principles of math that you learned when you were in school, the prodigal son is being taught by God. That's the only way he's going to get back home. He's taking him back to school in arithmetic especially. If you'll notice in verse number two, there is division. We all learned about division. If you'll notice in verse number 14, there is subtraction. We all learned about subtraction. If you'll notice in verse number 15, there is addition. He went and joined himself. Addition. And then if you'll notice in verse number 17, there is multiplication. He said, how many? I want to take just a few moments and I want us to look at this matter of the prodigal son and divine mathematics. I heard about an old farmer who, who died and all he had was 17 mules and he wheeled those 17 mules to his three sons. They began to try to divide them up. According to the wheel, the oldest son was to get one half the mules. The second son was to get one third of the mules. And the last son was to get one ninth of the mules. 
They began to try to divide it up and got in the awfulest fight ever was over those 17 mules. Finally, the uncle heard about it and so he went and got his mule out of the barn and took him over there and put him in with those 17 mules. That made 18. They began to divide them up. The oldest son got one half the mules. That's nine. The second son got one-third of the mules. One-third of 18 is six. The third son got one-ninth of the mules. One-ninth of 18 is two. So that's nine and six and two. If you'll add that up, that equals 17. The uncle got his mule and went back to the house. He knew his math. But I want us to notice how the Lord teaches this prodigal son some principles of divine mathematics. First of all, I would point out verse number 12. The scripture tells us that this, this younger son said unto his father, Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, and he divided. The word divide there means to separate. It has the idea of something that is in its wholeness, like an apple, and then uh, you take the blade and you separate it. And thus, it is no longer one, but it is two. There is a division that takes place. And of course, it's never been the will of the Father that things be divided. Uh, It was sin that divided man from God in the beginning. It was not God's will that that happened. And of course, uh, throughout the Word of God, the Lord has put the emphasis on bringing this thing back to one. Even Jesus, when he prayed in John chapter number 17, he said, Lord, I pray that you would make them one even as we are one. The Lord doesn't want us to be divided from Him. He doesn't want us to be divided one from another. But He wants us through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come into that oneness of fellowship that is in the faith. But yet this old boy, he wanted to separate himself. And man has always been trying to separate himself from his Maker. He separates himself from his Father, We notice in the text. Also it tells us that he has separated himself from God because he said, I have sinned against God. And also he he has separated himself from himself as we will notice later on in the text. He separated himself physically. He separated himself spiritually. He separated himself mentally. And he separated himself materialistically. He separated himself in his mind. He separated himself in his heart. He separated himself in his body. He separated himself in his spirit. There is no partial separation from God. You are either one with him or you are divided from him. And as we look out into this world, we can tell that there is a great void between the hearts of man and God, between education and God, between government and God, between religion and God. Every, every it seems, facet of humanity has divided itself 
running in its own direction and separating or dividing from the Lord. Somebody said, well, why did this old boy want to divide? Well, I think there's three reasons. I'll point them out to you. One, I think it's the spirit of entitlement. He said uh, in, again, the scriptures there to his father, give me. Boy, isn't that where we're at in this age? Now, I don't want to get in politics, but uh, there is this entitlement that is in this old boy. Somehow, he begins to think that he is owed something and uh, something belongs to him. When reality, in reality, it is all the Father's. And can I say to you, your life is, it, 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 is, it has come about because the Father. And uh, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. It all belongs to the Father. Uh, he has gifted us and He has blessed us and, and as has already been amplified, we need to be thankful for what He has blessed us with. But honey, we do not have, need to have this spirit of entitlement to where we place demands and we feel as though that we are worthy and that uh, somehow somebody uh, needs to give us something. He has the spirit of, in, of entitlement. This has led him to the spirit of discontentment. He doesn't like anything that's happening around home. And he has decided that that's not the place for him. And, and, uh, and he begins to look into that far country. He not only has the spirit of entitlement, the spirit of discontentment, he has the spirit of enchantment. Somehow he thinks there's something over there that's better than something here. Boy, a lot of Baptist church members like that. That's why they hop around. They live in a world in enchantment. I just want a perfect church. I want to go to a church where there's no trouble and I want to go to the church where there's no people that do this and such. And That's a world of enchantment. As long as you live in this world, honey, you're going to have to live every day like everybody else. There's no green grass on the other side of the fence. If you ain't got any, they ain't got any either. Somebody said it's just a septic tank over there. That's why it's so green. But he lives in a world, a bewildered world. He's just dreaming that somehow he can go out there and really enjoy life and everything's going to make sense and finally he's going to be set free because now he has separated himself from the Father. In other words, division. Anytime you get that attitude in your heart, there's going to come a division. There's going to come a separation. Things are going to begin to move apart. He separated himself. There was division. And God allowed him to divide. As we notice that this father did not object. He gave him and he let him divide. He let him move in that direction. Someone has said in James where James said this is your life. And what God does is He gives you a life, but it's up to you what you want to do with it. And uh, it's your responsibility with that life. And uh, this old boy's got a life, but now he wants to separate and go in the other direction. But here's the truth of the matter. Uh, You may be able to separate from God. You may divide. God allows you to divide, but He retains the right to subtract. 
And so anytime you divide on God, you just mark it down. He's got ways of subtracting. You think you've got it made. You think you've got your bundle. You think you've figured it all out. But you don't realize that the God of heaven, the God of divine mathematics, knows how to figure and to subtract from what you have accumulated and have divided. So he begins this work of of subtraction. This subtraction, this divine subtraction, this this game of takeaway, it has human characteristics to it. I believe that if God hadn't gotten involved at all in the prodigal son going into the far country, he'd have still went broke because that's human nature. It is human nature to waste and, uh, and to bring ourselves to want and it's inevitable because of the result of the, of the wayward heart when we want everything and, and we waste until nothing is left. And so this boy begins to go into that far country and he begins to spend his money on righteous living and he begins to party there and, and the money, he's not noticing it, but little by little by little it is dwindling down and it is he that is doing it because it's human characteristics. Anytime you divide on God, by human nature, subtraction immediately begins. That's just the nature of the beast. And you just watch it closely. That's the way it's going to happen. But not only that, God adds to it. He wastes his, uh, his living. He spent all But then God begins to amplify this subtraction when he sends in a famine at that time. Just when the old boy is beginning to recognize that he ain't got a whole lot left and uh, that he has expended most of what he's got, then all of a sudden the reports began to come in that you know, the, the economy is not moving and, and uh, there's no jobs and uh, it looks like there, there, there's a famine that's coming. And so then God begins to, he puts his hand on the water spigot and the spout as he did for Israel so many times and he turns the water off. And as he turns the water off, the famine begins. And I'm going to tell you, subtraction, 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 subtraction takes place. Well, God knows how to subtract that joy, doesn't he? Boy, he knows you say, well, I've got it, but what about that peace you had? He knows how to subtract that love that was filled, that filled your heart. It's amazing to look at the countenances of those who have turned from God. And what you see now as compared to what you saw when they were walking with the Lord. And you imagine what this old boy looked like in that far country when he got to the bottom and God had subtracted from him? Now I'm going to tell you, we need to be careful as God's people in our prayers. A lot of times we'll see people headed into the far country and we'll want to thwart God's program and plan for that person's life. And we'll say, well, pray for old Johnny. He's having a tough time. No, just pray that it gets tougher. He's got to get to the end of his way. Uh, somebody said, pray for my young and it just looks like the... No, 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 no. Pray that God will just put the pressure on them. Uh, he's got to get them to the bottom before they can ever turn around. 
God has some divine mathematics and part of His divine mathematics is subtraction. That's God's part. He can subtract. The question is, what are you willing to lose for God to teach you this manner of subtraction? There is division. There is subtraction. (laughs) How many times the Lord warned the children of Israel about this subtraction and what he would do. He said, ye have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is no warm. And he that bringeth wages earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. They said, what's happened? God just licked his pencil and he's doing some subtraction. Some subtraction. But then notice in uh, verse number 15. You see, when, when division takes place, then God begins to subtract. But then what we do is we begin this, this addition. There is that void and that emptiness. The joy is gone. The peace is gone. The, the house of God, the people of God, the word of God. And so the Bible said in verse number 15, he went and joined himself. Anytime you join two things, you have added something to something else. He's adding. This world is adding pleasure after pleasure. They're inventing uh, these pleasures to add to the fact that we have been subtracted from as far as America is concerned. There's really no peace and no contentment. It's a world of division and, 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 and contrast and, and all of these other things. And, and yet all at the same time, we're constantly adding things to our lives to try to substitute for what we've lost. There is addition. You know, scientists tell us it only takes 30 days to form a habit. And boy, this old boy began to form one after another. And, uh, but no matter what he adds, and here's what I want to emphasize, no matter what the prodigal son adds, it doesn't add up. God knew how to subtract. Every way he turned, he didn't realize it. He was subtracting, subtracting, subtracting. And then he'd turn around and add and add and add, and God subtract, subtract, subtract. And it never would add up. Don't add up. No. I noticed that his movements didn't add up. The Bible said he went into that far country. But it didn't add up to what he thought it was going to add up to. I noticed that his money didn't add up. My goodness, if you're going to get half, it looks like that last year a while. But it didn't add up. I noticed, I noticed that his meals didn't add up. Uh, He got down, he didn't even have anything to eat. He was going to have to eat what the swine uh, had to eat. And I noticed the motives didn't add up. All of those friends that were so friendly to him, in the end, were not his friends. None of that adds up. It just won't add up. But I want you to notice, not only does, and I'm saying God is teaching him divine mathematics, He taught him something about division. He taught him something about subtraction. 
He taught him something about addition. But I, I like, and I said all this to get you down to uh, verse number 17. The Bible said, and when he came to himself, <laughs> he said, how many hired servants of my father has bread enough and despair <laughs> and I perish with hunger. God has finally brought him to the place of where he has learned something about division. He's learned something about subtraction. He's learned something about addition. None of it added up. And now he's learning something about multiplication. And he wakes up in verse 17 and he said, Where under God's heaven am I dividing and subtracting and adding when I can multiply? <laughs> Why do you want to live in the math of this old world that's going to do nothing but hold you down when you can live in the arithmetic of heaven and of faith that'll do what it did for Abraham and Sarah, what it did for Noah, what it did for the other men of the Bible. Faith multiplies. I want to live in multiplication. Now God can take my little bit, little bit and make a whole lot out of it. Huh? Notice the sense. The sense of multiplication. It don't make sense to, to, to divide. It doesn't make sense to subtract. It doesn't make sense to add when you multiply. Huh? Look at it there in the text. When he came to himself. <laughs> it's making sense now when you can come to yourself. When you come to yourself. Now, if I understand that correctly, what that means was the prodigal son was sitting out there by himself. And he was feeding those hogs and thinking about eating what they've got. And then all of a sudden, somebody walked up. Do you see that other person in that text? You say, well, who was the other person? It was the prodigal son. He came to himself. <laughs> you ain't going to get no help until you start talking to yourself. And when you start talking to yourself, you realize there's some math that'll work for your life. He came to himself. And what did he say? He walked up and he said, you stink. Your business is picking up when that happens. Say, so look at you. You just thought, did you just think about eating that swine? Well, that was on your mind, wasn't it? I can't believe you've gotten this low. I bet you don't have a dime to your name either. Where's all your buddies at? Huh? Where's all them wild women? I'm going to ask you something. You remember when you was back at daddy's house? Yeah. You remember what you had to eat there? You remember how you got to sleep there? You remember how much there was and more than enough? You never sat down, but there wasn't more than enough there. If I was you, I'd get up out of here and go back home. And tell daddy you're sorry and tell God you've sinned against him. That's what he told him. The old prodigal son looked up and said, I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) 
He said, I'm headed to the house. I'm going, this don't make sense to me. When I, why in the world am I living in division and strife and I'm broke and why in the world is all of this a good when all I got to do is get back to the Father's house? There's always multiplication. Always more than enough. Yeah, I like that. I notice the sense of multiplication. And I'm going to tell you something. Some of you got some young folks, and I have to, I have, I've had some children that went out pretty brazen in the wrong direction. Thank God the Lord has settled it. But I'm going to tell you something. All my talking didn't make a lick of sense to them. They had to get to talking to themselves. Now, when they get to talking to themselves, you don't worry about it. They'll come talking to you. And you'll like what you hear when they come talking to you. They said, Dad, I was just thinking over there the other day how I... I said, Boy, yeah, I was thinking that too, but I... (laughs) Divine mathematics has set in. Heaven has taught this old boy something. And now he's sending him home where there is a plenty. There's... I, I see the sense of multiplication. Not only that, I see the steps of multiplication. I don't know how far, the Bible doesn't say how far it was into that far country, but it was a long ways from the Father. But if you'll notice when he came to himself and began to multiply in his mind and said, how many, he said, wait a minute, four times four, seven times seven. He said, man, dad's got it made. What am I doing out here? How many hired servants in my father's house? He said, I'm going to rise. He said, I'm going to go back. I'm going to head in that direction. And the Bible said when he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, and ran. I don't know how far it was in that direction, but it wasn't near as far coming back to get to daddy because daddy multiplied the steps heading toward him. (laughs) He said it was miles and miles in that direction, but it wasn't near as many miles because I had a father that multiplied the steps are heading back in my direction. Well, I learned a principle of that. Old Zacchaeus is up in that tree. He said, I'm climbing up here to see if I can see Jesus. That's what he said. But the same text said when Jesus was passing through, he looked up and saw Zacchaeus. What that tells me is if you ever get to looking for him, first thing you're going to find out is he's been looking for you. <laughs> huh? I traveled all the way up in the mountains of North Carolina to, 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 to see what is my wife now. And she played the piano at that church. I didn't go to hear no sermon or anything. I'd heard about her and I saw a picture. I was going to see her. And when I went and sat in the church that night, I watched her the whole time she played the piano. I was looking at her. I was seeing her, and that was good. But I tell you, it wasn't long. I turned to look at her, and I noticed she was looking at me. Now, business picked up then. Huh? I'm glad when I got to looking for him, I found out he'd been looking for me. Yes, sir. I'm glad when I got to seeking for him, I found out he'd been seeking for me. 
I found out when I got to listen for him, he'd been listening for me. And I found out when I got to heading for him, he'd been ahead in my direction. <laughs> Woo! I'm glad my father knows how to multiply. The sense of multiplication. I just look at this world and shake my head sometimes. It don't make sense to me. Why in the world do you want to add and divide and subtract? The steps of multiplication. But then the supply of multiplication. You know, uh, no matter what is offered in this world, it'll run out sometimes. You ever want something? And even you can even go to Walmart looking for something that you're wanting and all of a sudden you find out they don't have it. They don't have it. Well, I'm glad you'll never go to the Father and He'll ever be out. Huh? Do <laughs> you know the family's got an inheritance? We sure do. Uh, we've, got a, we've got a big inheritance. We are joint heirs. And boy, there's some things in that inheritance that is particular to the family. You ain't going to find it anywhere else. It's like any other family. You got a family, you've probably inherited some things down uh, as a result of being a part of that family. And you can partake of it because uh, you're, you're part of that inheritance. But it'll be a there'll be certain things about your inheritance that the family down the road, they don't have that in their inheritance. And I'm glad that you and I who are a part of the family of God, we've got some inheritances that you can't find anywhere else in this world. For instance, we talk about the peace of God. You ain't going to find that in any other family. We talk about joy unspeakable. That's a family, that's a family thing right there. The brother is talking about assurance. That's only in the family. That's a family matter. Victory. Thanks be unto God which giveth us the victory. You can't get that outside the family. <laughs> but the thing that I notice is in, in this matter of inheritances, things that belong to the family, that as far as your family is concerned and my family is concerned, when they will out that inheritance, they can't give everybody everything. That's where the fighting starts. But maybe the mom will give you one ring and he'll give another daughter a set of plates and daddy will give you uh, one of his rifles and give some, uh, something else to the other son and maybe you'll get the house and the other will get the land and you'll get the horses and the other get... But they can't give you all, everything. But I'm glad that I've got a father that has so much that he don't have to divide anything up when he hands it out to his children, but we all get it all, thank God. He don't come and say, Now, Brother Tom, I've got peace for you. I think I've got a little bit left. It's been many years. I've been handing it out. And i got a little friend, and I'll, I'll give you peace. And, and brother, I've got some joy. I think uh, I'll, ch- I'll check with the archangel and see. I think there's some joy back there. Uh, you, you can have it. And, and, and I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll give you some assurance. And, and, and he just begins to hand out to different ones uh, little bits of different things. But I'm glad our Heavenly Father's not like that. You can have peace, you can have joy, you can have love. You can have peace, you can have joy, you can have love. You can have, we all get it all because it's the Father. 
first and he ain't going to run out. He only multiplies. Huh? I like that. Multiplication. And I'll tell you something. Now, when you get your inheritance from your forefathers, a lot of it's antiques and hand-me-downs and stuff you'll never use. But I'm going to tell you, our Heavenly Father never gives us anything but what it ain't practical for this day and this hour. And it ain't used worn-out grace and used worn-out faith. It's fresh for the day. Thank God. And what I'm saying is this prodigal son got back home. Now, when he left, he thought he took half. He said, give me all the, the, the half that belongs to me. And so he gave it to him. So I suppose if he'd have had a coat, he probably gave him that. If he had a ring, he took that. If he had any shoes, he took that. But when he came back home, first thing the father said was, there ain't no division around here. There ain't no subtraction around here. There ain't no addition. There's only multiplication. So I want you to go down and get his shoes I want you to get his ring. I want you to get his coat. And I want you to get the fatted calf. And I can see the old boy looking at his daddy and said, Daddy, I thought I took all of that. But the truth of the matter is, you can't take from the Heavenly Father and leave any less than what he had when you took it. He's still got enough for all his children. He ain't going to run out. He's going to completely multiply. And somebody said, I'm worried about the next generation and what they're going to face in America and this world. Don't worry about it. I'm here to tell you the same God that multiplied for Abraham, the same God is the same God that multiplied for us, and He'll be the same God that multiplies for our young age. 